Hey everyone, this is Peter Levin, and you're listening to another episode of In Good Hands, a show about the companies and founders solving our climate crisis. Today, I interview Matt Polson, co-founder and CEO of Omaze. Omaze is an online fundraising platform that gives everyone the chance to win incredible experiences and prizes to support nonprofits around the world. Instead of being boxed out from these amazing prizes because they require buy-ins. Everyone can donate for a chance to win these amazing experiences for as little as a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, and then also contribute to a nonprofit that is co-sponsoring this campaign. And in doing so, Omaze fundraises up to 10x more total funds for these amazing nonprofits and causes than traditional fundraising. And so in the episode, Matt and I will discuss what exactly sparked the original idea for Omaze, how exactly the model works, from deciding what the offering will be, partnering with causes, to actually delivering on these experiences. The near-death experience that Matt lived through that changed his world perspective and has reshaped the way Omaze does business. And finally, some of the big things that Matt is excited about over the next 12 to 24 months. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Matt Polson, co-founder and CEO of Omaze. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Peter. Matt, let's, let's start with the basics. What is Omaze? Omaze raises money and awareness for charity by offering the chance to win once-in-a-lifetime experiences and prizes. We've done everything from being Star Wars to ride in a tank with Arnold Schwarzenegger to win a penthouse in London. And where we're different than most companies is rather than make it so one high net worth individual pays $25,000 or $50,000 to have one of these experiences, we make it so anybody can donate $10 for the chance to win. So it's like a global charity sweepstakes. Wow. The interesting thing is I have never crossed paths with someone who is doing what you're doing or tinkering in this category, which is the perfect segue for my next question, which is how the hell do you come up with the idea for Omaze? What is that initial eureka? Yeah, it's definitely a unique path for sure. The... It really came from the background that I had before me. My co-founder had spent many years in the nonprofit storytelling space, the cost content space. We did a bunch of different documentaries and global concerts and and other projects, um, working with everybody from Oprah and Bono and Jay Z and Bill Gates and you know a bunch of other really influential people doing these these big projects. We just realized we were creating a lot of awareness around these projects, but we weren't creating a lot of impact. And that was endemic to the cause content space as a whole. So decided to go to business school and try to surround ourselves with people smarter than us and learn new ways of thinking. And I had never even opened Excel before I got to Wharton. I was purely on the creative side. But when I was in school, Ryan and I, my co-founder, went to this event that Magic Johnson was hosting for the Boys and Girls Club, where he was auctioning off the chance to play basketball with him and go to a Lakers game. But it was one of those things that was only available to the high net worth individuals sitting in the room. And 
we were in the room, but not high net worth individuals. We were the guys who got get invited last minute to fill the table. And so we sat and we went, watched the auction went up to $15,000 and we couldn't afford to participate, but magic was our childhood hero. And so when we were driving home that night, we said, that doesn't make any sense. Magic has fans around the world, not just in that room. And in fact, the people who can't afford to be in that room probably care a lot more about meeting them than those who can. So if we made it available to all of them online for the chance to win, we could raise so much more money, so much more awareness, open up a whole new donor base. Wow. And I, I'd love to, to hear more about how you parlayed that observation into the version one of Omaze. What did that look like? Yeah. So we, we were still in school at the time. And so we spent a lot of time trying to figure out the model and trying to figure out the kind of legal structure to set it up. And then we moved back to LA and just went to start working with all this talent that we knew from our previous world and tried to get them to sign up for this kind of crazy idea. In the the first the first partner we found was was to be a judge, guest judge on the show Cupcake Wars, and it only raised $780. So it was a pretty <laughs> slow beginning. But then over time, we got bigger and bigger talent to work with us. And then we finally did one with Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul around Breaking Bad, that where you got to go to the final episode of Breaking Bad in an RV with them and watch it before everyone else in the world, um, wear hazmat suits and do all that stuff if you're fans of that show. Oh and, my God, of course. Yeah, yeah. And that one, they did that at auction and it raised 40000 with us. It raised $1.7 And so we were off and running. Okay. We got to put a pause here for a second. First of all, I wish I knew about that. I'm not alone in being a total fanboy. But the second part, which is the delta between the original final outcome and what happens when you work with Omaze, why? Talk through, I'd love to better understand why is the impact potential and outcome so much greater when people work with Omaze? It really comes down to the power of democratization, the power of people, right? It's really just the difference between making something available to one high net worth individual, which was what was happening at that Magic Johnson event, versus making something available to all people for the chance to win. So we believe we really believe in the quality of opportunity. And by giving everybody an opportunity to have a chance to win something, the power of those crowds is just so incredible. That is brilliant. Because what you've done there is you have a massively increased the size of the funding pool. But two, it's there is no downside, right? If I'm someone that participates in the sweepstakes, either A, I win something and that's like the cherry on top. But even when I lose, you get to contribute to a great cause. That's right. You really knocked that out of the park. Yeah, I'm looking through, I'm on the about page now. And I can see here you have this great, very clear graphic that compares the idea of impact over percentages. Right, The very first example of Breaking Bad, 40K versus over a million dollars. That's <laughs> night and day. Wow. My, my next question for you, you, you get your first bells rocking with a Breaking Bad collab. 
How has the model evolved since day one or those early days? Yeah, for the first, excuse me, six years, it was highly focused on those celebrity experiences. Like I said, Breaking Bad, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Pier in Star Wars, Catch with Tom Brady. And then three years ago, I had this crazy personal experience where I was literally declared dead and then they brought me back to life. I flatlined for four and a half minutes. And when I was leaving the hospital, the doctor sat at the edge of my bed and he said, look, I want you to understand something. When I'm finishing my career from now and I'm looking at the most extraordinary case I've ever seen, this is going to be it. We had you at 0% chance of survival for two days. And the fact we have you going home with your full faculties, we have no medical explanation for that. And I just looked at him and said, do you have a guess? Um, And he said, we were inspired by your mom. My mom had burst into the ICU room when they were trying to resuscitate me and she helped coach me back. And then before the second surgery, she was grabbing the doctors by the cheeks and she was looking into their eyes and she was saying, this is my son, but today this is your son and this is your brother. And his company's trying to do good in the world and you need to help them. He said, so we were motivated by that, but outside of that, there are much larger forces at play. And I said, as a man of science, how do you define those larger forces? And he said, it was love and it was optimism that brought you back. And I really believe that. And I came back from that and you can imagine you're going heads down on something for six years, 24 seven, totally obsessed. And then that happens and your perspective changes. And I wasn't allowed to be on my phone. I had no contact with the company. And so when I came back to us months later, um, it just became clear that we were never going to be truly world changing if we were focused on just celebrity experiences. And about six months before I left, we did this campaign with Daniel Craig, where you got to go to New York, you got to go to the Aston Martin track, you got to ride around in a one of a kind Aston Martin. And then you got to keep the Aston Martin. And it was supposed to raise 300,000 and it raised 2.1 million. And halfway through our marketing team was smart. And they said, what if there's no Daniel Craig? What if it's just a car? And it performed really well. And so I went to our CFO, Nina, and I said, hey, I think we should take a bet. I think we should go buy a $250,000 McLaren. I think we should offer it with just Omaze distribution, nobody else. And if we could raise 500000 on our own, then we'd really have something. Um, and then that car coincidentally launched the day before I unexpectedly went into the hospital. And when I came back all those months later and I was sitting down with Nina and I was, we were talking about the shared desire to make more of an impact. And I said to her, by the way, whatever happened with the car, did it raise the 500000 And she said it raised $1.9 million. And I was like, wow, that changes everything. So we went to our board and our team three weeks later and said, instead of doing 300 celebrity experiences a year, we're going down to 50. We had this merchandise business. We cut that. We had this brand business. We cut that. And we said, we're going all in on what we call Amaze Originals, which is the the McLaren or custom Sprinter van or a penthouse in London. And so the business just transformed. Wow. I was not expecting that. I got a little brief before we started. I had no idea. First of all, are you is are you feeling better now? I know it's been a couple of years. Are you? Is that behind you? Yeah, it's behind me. I'm totally healthy, um, healthier even than I was before it happened. It was this crazy freak thing that happened. Wow. And then what a double whammy too, both personally and then seeing through that you don't actually need the celebrity to have the type of impact you originally set out to have. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious, can you actually just walk me through 
what one of these campaigns look like end to end. Now that Omaze is spearheading these, is this what it looks like? Y- y'all are putting up the capital to buy said, whether it's a physical good or a, a penthouse experience, and you have that as kind of risk profile A, and then you put the team to work. And it's like, how do we actually make the math work? What what is the what does the actual model look like end to end? Yeah, we we go out and we buy the car or we buy the house, we take all the risk. We're confident because we've done over a hundred cars and ten houses at this point. We know how much that we can raise and what the risk profile is. And then we essentially are guaranteeing the charity that no matter how it does, that there are fifteen percent of the gross donations that come in. And then with the remainder, we we take out all the cost of the house and all the marketing and all that stuff. We recover that. And then Omaze takes a percentage that usually ranges between 12 and 20% historically. And and that's how it works. And a lot of times we, we can lose money on these things because we're we're building up an audience, but we the charity always benefits. And that's how the model works. Wow. I'm on the site now. And if anyone goes to omaze.com, the very first thing above the fold is win a trip to space. Yeah. I mean, wh- what? <laughs> this yeah, is insane. For as little as you could donate $10 for a chance. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. That was that one we've been working on for six years with Virgin Galactic. And during that time, we've watched them overcome incredible adversity from the loss of a pilot to existential business and technical challenges to a lot of widespread criticism. But they they just persevered. And during that time, we also had to overcome a lot. Obviously, the story I just told plus other kind of crazy things along the way. And so it's really amazing to be able to actually finally bring that to fruition. I'm curious, now that we're talking about different campaigns recently, is there a particular success story or partnership that you're proud of virgins got to be top of the keep that's pretty incredible but are there any other that you're particularly proud of that you'd like to share yeah there's a lot the we when they saved my life they for the first time in the history of the united states they brought the patient in ecmo machine which is this like really unique machine that serves to resuscitate your heart and do all the oxygenation of your blood from the lungs. And so it's a really special machine. It's very rare. And they had never brought one to a patient before um, in the state of California. And they did that to save me. UCLA did that. And and then they came to us a couple months later and said, look, we think we can save another 100 people a year if we had a dedicated machine to do this, a dedicated ambulance for this purpose. Will you fundraise for us to do that? And we said yes. And so we, over the next year, we raised them over $400,000 by offering a bunch of different cars. And, and it, we've now got this ambulance that has saved dozens of people already, and they think we'll save hundreds of people a year. So that's been really cool to do. We did just did a thing with people assisting the homeless in Los Angeles, where we built a community center in downtown Los Angeles. That was, we raised a million dollars from them. That was a really cool experience and, and a subject that we're really passionate about. Wow. Dude, this is... You could even see if you go into your website every single month, you're publishing winner after winner, people that are donating, winning these amazing things or experiences, and then also contributing to these amazing causes. It, it'd be remiss for me not to bring it up, but ha- have y'all done anything 
that has supported a cause related to the environment or anything that's related to climate. Uh, I'm curious to see in what ways maybe Amaze has been a part of or supported an eco cause in some way. Yeah, we've worked with a, 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 a range of different climate organizations. One of the ones that we've been particularly grateful to work with is called Give Power, which is, is basically created this technology that through solar water farms can provide 35 can provide 35,000 people drinking water every day for the rest of their life. And we've built two of those farms right now in Kenya, which is amazing. So we're really grateful for that. Dude, so cool. One thing that we try to do on this show, outside of talking about the core product offering, is to get the founder's take on what other people can do beyond their core call to arms. And something that I think you have a unique lens on or perspective on that other people don't is just where people can focus their attention to have impact. So my question for you is, what do you think other businesses or business leaders can do to either A, better engage in philanthropy or advocacy to help solve and take on some of these big, chunky challenges? What are your recs for other businesses and business leaders? Yeah, I think it's... It obviously depends on what their field is. And so the first thing is is just take a clear assessment of what you think you and your business are well positioned to contribute to and try to create as much leverage off of that. It could be like I look at my friend Joey Zwillinger at Allbirds, right? Like they have been really pioneering and creating sustainable materials, sustainable supply chain, carbon neutral production by spreading the word on that, by making people understand, you know, how they can replicate that, how they can have sustainable supply chains. They can spread a lot of good in that way. I look at other friends at Warby Parker and they are really attacking the problem of vision in the developing world and people being set up with having eyeglasses that can, you know, be a, tool of leverage because they can enable them to work more productively and provide for their family and create an education and improve their community as a result. So, you know, those are two businesses that I think are well known for being um, focused on, you know, social impact and our B Corps, mm-hmm. but they're, they're two, they're doing two very different things because those are their strengths. So I think whatever your business is, even if it's not as in an obvious space, you might just have a super profitable gaming business that doesn't necessarily have a natural social connection, but you're making a lot of money. So then, okay, how do you use that money to then do STEM education? And so you teaching people in disadvantaged areas to be able to build games or have jobs that work that way. There's a lot of ways to crack it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. So outside of this pod, the, the vast majority of my mindshare is actually running a games business, not, not digital games, but physical games. We make card games. Oh, cool. And that's that's been one of the key things pulling on my heartstrings because obviously we make a lot of games that have all of these externalities. And so one of the core things that are in the queue is how do I not do this show and feel like a walking hypocrite? Like that's the full transparency of it. I love what we do here, right? Talking to founders, 
how exactly they're making impact, taking on the climate problem set. But I also love making games and they run counterthetical to each other. No, it's just a great, that's a great word of advice, even for someone like myself. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I think, but if you're making games and you're passionate about that and they entertain people, like that is a social good. I, I, I don't know if every company has to have a more traditional charitable impact element to it. I think you should be very mindful about not doing harm and being sustainable in your practices. But if you have an amazing games company that you love to do that enables you to also do this podcast so that you can spread the word about other companies, like you're doing good. You're contributing to the whole. I think some companies try to like put a square peg in a round hole with what the, in trying to match some kind of charitable element that's not authentic or aligned. And I don't know if that's the most impactful way either. So I think people be very mindful that they are being sustainable in what they're doing, but also give themselves the freedom to do stuff they love and passion about isn't, if it, even if it isn't necessarily quote unquote charitably focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it, we just, we just released this game called wheel of odds. And so my first thought is, yeah, I don't know if sucking toes and picking noses actually <laughs> aligns with that North Star, but no, point point taken. Um, but my my <laughs> I'm not next sure question, I understand that reference, but I'll, I'll let it go on that one. <laughs> I the, I'll give you the the brief is it's the game's called Wheel of Oz, which is like truth or dare without the truth, and the wheel has three different colors correspond with the let's say the difficulty of the dare. And so you spin the wheel and whatever color you land on, you pull from that deck of cards and then you do what the card says. And so if you land on the lucky red, which is only you have a very low chance of landing on it. But if you do, you might end up sucking some toes or picking noses (laughs) or things of that nature. That's the reference. I I should have uh, added a little bit more color. But back to this, my, my last question before we hit the bookends here, and it's one of my favorites, which is looking forward. What is in the pipeline for Omaze. What are, what are some things that you're excited about that's going to be coming out of the, the Omaze camp over the next 12 to 24 months? We're continuing to build out more and more houses, which is amazing in the US and in the UK and, and just seeing people really interested about that. So that's really exciting. We're building out a program called Omaze Amplify where we're doing matching donations on different campaigns. That's really um exciting and just has a a much greater leverage on our impact and it's so those two programs are things that i'm really excited about i love it before we part ways the last question of every interview that i always ask the founder is around this notion of the idea graveyard what is one idea that you'd love to work on if you had the time to do but for now it's just rotting away in your idea graveyard Wow, I like that question. You know, we want to create a, we think that there's some shows and there's some great content in the stories of our winners and the stories of the charities we impact, like a more a more holistic media experience around that so that we can not only help dream the world better through fundraising, but also dream the world better through spreading love and spreading optimism. And so um, that's something that me and, and Megan are excited to work on. I wouldn't say if it's in the graveyard, it just maybe hasn't made its way uh, into the prime time just yet. I love it. Yeah, something uh, recurring, I'm sure you're probably similar, a recurring characteristic between myself and and the founders we have in the show is you probably have 
this long note, right, in your iPhone with all these ideas that are numbered, you know, one through X. Most of which you're like, oh, these are trash. There's probably a couple diamonds in the rough that you revisit. Oh, one day. But this one, that's pretty cool, man. Um, Yeah, I think the last thing I'd love to do is just roll the red carpet. Are there any final call to actions, hiring needs, anything that you want to leave with our listeners? The floor is yours. Um. Any call to actions for Omaze, like what, how the listeners can help us or wait, or stuff that I could offer as something I've learned uh, to the listeners? So it could be either, but if you want to, if you're looking to hire a certain talent or if there's a certain campaign you want to highlight that I could send my listeners to, anything that you feel is worth calling out, feel free to do that. Yeah. Thank you, first of all. We are hiring uh, data engineers and data scientists and people on that team. So if anybody out there has skills in those arenas we'd love to hear from you the you can email we love you at omaze.com and then in terms of what to be helpful to your listeners I, if you're on a journey if you're looking to start a company if you're looking to start a nonprofit, if you have any a new initiative or new project or anything you're doing just remember that no one has any idea what they're doing and that's okay if you don't either when you're when you're starting the process it's just about learning along the way i've watched friends who've built incredible companies that everyone's heard of and admire. And when they started, they didn't know anything either. And so just be, you should be a good friend to yourself and know that um, it can be just, as long as you work hard, stay on the journey, keep a growth mindset, really anything is possible. Oh, I love that. Matt, first, thank you for giving me an ounce of your time today. Also, thank you for, for sharing that personal story of yours. I never, if you could have asked me what I could expect in this interview, that that would be part of it. And it is a beautiful story. So thank you for that. Congrats and continued success. We'll have to do this again, maybe a little round two after the the Virgin launch. That sounds (laughs) good. Yeah. Thank you, man. Awesome. Thanks, Peter. Appreciate everyone listening. Bye. Hey there, you made it to the outro. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you're new here, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much. We're actively casting for new guests on our show. So if you have a rock star founder or company in mind that's working on something cool, message me on Instagram at Peter A. Levin or email us, hello at ingothands.us. Thank you so much again and look forward to bringing you another new episode next Tuesday.